I want to welcome you to today's podcast. And in this podcast, I'll be bringing you teachings from the Word of God that will bless you and inspire your spirit. And I know for sure that your life will never be the same again when you're done listening. God bless you as you listen. This podcast is sponsored by Check It Shop. Check It Shop, the first Christian anointed clothing brand. Your one-stop shop for high quality and heavily anointed clothing and accessories that will look good on you and most importantly, terrorize the kingdom of darkness. Visit CheckItShop.com. Check it in style. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to welcome you to yet another podcast. I'll be coming, I'll bringing to you words and teachings that will really, really change and transform your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But before we start, I'd like us to pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we worship you, we adore you, we exalt your holy name. You are worthy of our worship. You are worthy of our praise. There is no one like you. Lord, we ask that you speak to us through your word and by your spirit. And Lord, by the time we are done, we know that we would have been transformed. We would have been reformed. We would have been informed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I want everyone listening to me right now to know one thing. God is pleased with you. Hallelujah. God is pleased with you. Do you know, in the world that we are in right now, so much is happening. So much is happening, like the very foundation of many things are being shaken at the moment. Hallelujah. And the reason why I said God is pleased with you, the fact that you have interest, the fact that you took your time to be listening to this right now, God is pleased with you. Hallelujah. The fact that you have interest in the things of God, it's amazing because many people are losing even that foundation, there are people who had believed in God, who held on to God for years. Now their foundation is even shaken. Recently, a very popular gospel artist in the United States of America got up and said he doesn't know if he believes in God anymore. Now this is somebody who has been going around and, you know, singing songs of inspiration, like singing gospel songs. And people have been looking up to that person and then the person comes up and says he doesn't believe in God anymore. Hallelujah. Now why would something like that happen? It's because of a faulty foundation. When the foundation is faulty, that's when things like that happen. And that's why from time to time, we must ask ourselves the very vital question, what do you believe? What do I believe? That's one thing that you must ask yourself again and again. What do I really, really, really believe? What do I believe? And it's not something that you do once in a long while. No, you have to do it regularly. Hallelujah. And I'd explained before that you are a product of what you eat. That's, that's definitely so. You are a product of what you eat. If you keep eating a certain kind of food or something, very soon it will show in your body. You are a product of what you consume, what you take in. Hallelujah. That's what you are. Praise God. And so, people have to be careful on what they let in. So important. So the fact that you are letting in the word of God right now as you are listening, God is pleased with you. Hallelujah. That's one point I want you to note. But beyond that, you know, Jesus said, I will pray the Father and he will send you another comforter. If you read in John chapter 15, I think we should open there. John 15 verse 1. 
He said, I am the vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Hallelujah. Now he says, I am the vine. I want, this, there's another scripture I want, actually. Yeah, actually it's verse 5 of that same scripture, John 15. He says, I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. He says, without me, you cannot do anything. Hallelujah. And this is what, as Christians, we need to realize. He says, without me, you cannot do anything. I am the vine. And you are the branches. Hallelujah. Now, vine, old English, in modern English, we'll rather say is the stem, the stem of the tree. Now, Jesus says he is the stem and we are the branches. And the branches are connected to the stem. And of course, the branch of a tree cannot do without the stem. The stem can do without the branches. But the branches cannot really do without the stem. If you look at it, hallelujah. Glory to God. So what? And of course, another interesting point to note is that it is the branches that produces the fruits. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Now, without me, you cannot do anything. Why? The main nourishment, when you talk about the water, it comes from the soil and it comes from the roots through the vine, through the stem, and then it goes to the branches. So the main source of nourishment for the branches comes from the stem. So he said, without me, you cannot do anything. Now, the one who was saying this is Jesus. And guess what? One day Jesus died. And then he came back to life. And then they were amazed. Oh, they were happy. In their minds, they were probably thinking things will go back to the same way they used to be. You know, he will be going around with them again. And preaching in the streets just like he did, you know, healing the sick and all that. But things were never going to be the same again. He told them, I'll be leaving. And one day while they were standing and looking, he began to tell them, said, you will receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you'll be my witnesses. In all Judea, in Samaria, in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And the Bible says while he was yet speaking with them, he was taken up right before their eyes and they watched him as he ascended into heaven. Hallelujah. And then before they knew it, two men appeared in white, two angels. Told them, say, why are you still looking up? Jesus, you've seen taken away like this. He's going to come back again like this someday. Hallelujah. And that's how he left. But he said, I will not leave you. When he was leaving, he said, I will not leave you comfortless. The Greek word was orphanos. I will not leave you as orphans. I will send another comforter. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit is the one who Jesus sent in his place. Hallelujah. He sent Jesus in his place. So he is actually the vine and we are the branches. And guess what? Without the Holy Spirit, there is absolutely nothing that we can do. Many people, the reason why they are giving up is because they are using their own might. They are using their own strength. They are using their own effort. But the Bible says the arm of the flesh will fail you. Like you could work hard. You could do as much as you want. But listen, it's the Holy Spirit that really helps us. He is called the comforter. Now, the Hebrew, the Greek word is parakletos or paraklete. And it means seven different words. It means comforter. It means teacher. It means intercessor. It means advocate. It means counselor. It means strengthener. It means helper. Hallelujah. Helper. So one of the synonyms of the name of the paraklete is helper. So one of the missions of the Holy Spirit is actually to help us because without him, we won't stand. 
Remember, you must understand that we are up against an enemy who has vast experience and knowledge. This is somebody who has been there for millions or even billions of years. Before the earth was created, this guy was there. Hallelujah. He has been in heaven. He was there when Adam was created. He has been here. Hallelujah. And he knows so much. Ordinarily, as human beings, we stand no chance against this enemy. Hallelujah. He understands how the human mind works perfectly. He knows he has been here. Are you talking about history? He knows history. He, he was here. Hallelujah. So we stand little or no chance against this one being by ourselves. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Of course, you know, there are some people who don't want to believe that there is a, there's a warfare going on. But the Bible says it clearly. It says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities which means there are beings called principalities. And it says against powers, against the rulers of darkness. There are rulers of darkness. No matter how people want to pretend like these beings don't exist, they are there. They exist, the Bible says they do. And they do. And it says against spiritual wickedness in high places. These beings are there. And they're not just there for being there. They are there, they are active, they are doing something. Hallelujah. And man, generally, we stand no chance against these ones. Hallelujah. We stand no chance. Because in the realm of the spirit, knowledge is power. Hallelujah. You are powerful because of what you know. Praise the Lord. Now, if somebody has a sword and the person is threatening you with a sword and you have a pistol that is fully loaded in your pocket, he could threaten all he wants, but you're not bothered. Because you have a pistol. If it comes too close for comfort, you can just pull that thing and pull. Hallelujah. So because of what you are equipped with, and you, you know you are equipped with that thing, it gives you confidence. It gives you power. But if you had, let's say you had a backpack with you, or even in your pocket, maybe somebody gave you a gun and said, hold this for me, and you don't even know what it is. You don't know it's a weapon. You don't know at the pulling of the trigger, you know, you release bullets that can cause harm. Because you don't know what you are holding, somebody with a sword like that will threaten you and you'll be afraid because you don't know. In fact, the person can do you harm even though you have a weapon with you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But when you know, it gives you a, a kind of power. That's how it is in the realm of the spirit. Many of these beings, these beings, there's a lot they know. They know a lot. And so the only chance we have against them is when we are connected to the one who knows more. The one who knows more than the wicked one. Hallelujah. One of the favorite, my favorite scriptures in the Bible is the book of Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel saying, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. He says, it's not by might. Like in every aspect of life, it's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. Hallelujah. In other words, if you use your effort, you can use your effort all you want, you will not succeed. Hallelujah. You can use your effort all you want, you will not succeed. He says, it's not by power, it's not by might, but by my spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, I've said this before. I said, um, God gave man something very dangerous, which is called free will. Now, free will is very, very dangerous. Hallelujah. Because apart from the free will that was given to us, there is the flesh to deal with. Hallelujah. Which is hard. Many times people know that certain things are not right. They, it's not like they don't know. They know that this thing is not right. They know that this thing could have consequences. They know all that, but they don't have the power 
to stop themselves from doing that thing. Go ask many people that use drugs. They know it's not right. They know it's harmful. They know it, they, they, they can destroy themselves by the use of those substances. But they don't have the power to stop themselves. Hallelujah. So he said, it's not by might. It's not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. God knows. So though free will, God gave us free will. And the reason why he gave us free will is very, it's very simple. Is because if you are worshiping God because you are programmed to worship him, then there is no reward. God wants to reward man. But you see, the reward of man can must be as a result of the right use of free will. You worship God because you wanted to, not because he programmed you to, but because you wanted to. I've explained this way. Your car, for example, your car is programmed to do what you tell it to do. If you turn your the steering to the left, it, the car turns that way. If you turn it to the right, it turns that way. Hallelujah. Once you apply the brakes, the car stops. So when you are done, you get to your destination. You don't say thank you to the car because the car, the car was programmed to do it, to, to, to do what you, you, you want it to do. Hallelujah. But if you are a horse, it's a bit different. Like an animal, it's a bit different. Even though animals are programmed like that, there are sometimes the animal just decides to be stubborn and doesn't want to do. That's why after you've taken the horse on a ride and everything, you give it food like a reward. Even animal dogs are rewarded like that. Praise God. But that's in, in, in one way. But you see, God gave mankind free will because he wants to reward us. Hallelujah. So if you, you choose to worship God, you choose to serve God, you choose to live for God with your life, then he will reward you in the world to come. Hallelujah. Of course, in this world and in the world to come. But very important to know that that free will is dangerous because even though we know that, yes, we will be rewarded, the thing is to put ourselves together to do what is right. That's the issue. And there is the tempter who will do anything. He knows the, the places to push you. He knows. Hallelujah. He has studied man. He knows. He knows what to use to tempt you. That will be a bona fide temptation. Very clear example is the story of Joseph. And I've said this so many times before. The story of Joseph. Now, personally, it's not written in the Bible, but this is what I believe. And there are many reasons to believe that. Personally, I believe that when Potiphar's wife was coming at Joseph, the, it, was a, it was a bona fide temptation, all right. But the thing that was a problem was not just about Joseph indulging in the act, but what she might have promised him. Listen, if you do this, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to talk to my husband. He will release you from slavery. I'm going to talk to my husband. He will connect you with some senators who are his friends. And before you know it, you could be up there. You could be up there and you know, you, you do great things. So she most likely offered him a shortcut to the vision that God had already shown him. That was the real temptation. Hallelujah. That was the real temptation. I'll just do it. Uh, nobody's going to know after all. And then after everything, this and that. And that was the bona fide temptation. Hallelujah. It should, and that happens in our day. And in the world today, for example, yeah, after all, God will forgive you. He talks like that. After all, God will forgive you, but you can still get this, you can get that, you can get. It's a bona fide temptation. Bona fide temptation. Hallelujah. But then is that the will of God? The devil coming with uh, an offer, shortcut to get into the promise of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And the truth is that many fall for it. Hallelujah. So he said, it's not by might. It's not by power, but by my spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that can help you to overcome. Even Jesus was tempted. And when he was tempted, what did he use? He used the word of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that the word of God is the word of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the author of the Bible. Those are his words. If you read the Bible, the Bible says, Then the word of the Lord came unto Ezekiel. The word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah. The word of the Lord came unto Daniel. Who is the word of the Lord? He is the Holy Spirit. 
He is the same one the Bible says came walking in the cool of the evening. The voice of God that came walking in the cool of the evening. So Holy Spirit, hallelujah, he is the same person. So in that Bible that you see there, those words were his words. So even Jesus could not succeed on earth without the Holy Spirit. And that's why Jesus was a man of the prayer. Why, why, couldn't, why did Jesus need the Holy Spirit when he himself was God? Why did he need the Holy Spirit? Very simple, because he didn't come to earth as God. He came as a man. Though he was God, he removed his God title and came as man and functioned as a man. And as a man, he could not succeed without the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And we need him today more than ever. The times that we are in, these are the most trying times of history. Hallelujah. See, God knows that. You know, sometimes we look at the early church and we say, oh, I wish I was there. Look, 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 look. God knows the time that he decided to put you in because he, he knows that you are better equipped than in every generation. If you read 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, the Bible says that God, see, there is no temptation that comes that it, but such as is common to man, but that God will with the temptation as it's coming, say you bring a door of escape. Say God is faithful that he will not allow you to, be, to suffer above that you are able, but will, will with the temptation bring a door of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now the point is, there are some things God knew that the generation of Paul could not bear if they were in our day. That's why he didn't bring them today. They couldn't bear because the temptation is now much. The devices that we have in our hands gives us access to so many things. Information is now available more than ever. Once you are hearing something now, you could just go on your device and research it instantly. While you are here, you could talk to somebody that is thousands of miles away. Like so much is open. There is the good side of it and there is also the very bad side of it. Hallelujah. That's the world that we are living in today. And so now more than ever, we need the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. If we will survive in this race. And every now and then we need, we need to depend on him. Very important. I'm going to open a scripture in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 12. This is one very interesting scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 7. Unless I be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Hallelujah. Now, if you, if you read this scripture ordinary, you might think that God was the one that gave him a servant of Satan to tempt him so he doesn't get more than, you know, was it God? No, it wasn't God. God doesn't work with Satan. Hallelujah. So I just had to chip that in. But verse 8 says, For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that he might depart from me. And he said, this is it, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Who is speaking? The Holy Spirit. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He says, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Hallelujah. In other words, if you understand how this works, when you are at your weakest moment, you could cry out to him and his strength will be perfected. Hallelujah. His strength will be perfected in weakness. Hallelujah. Glory to God. His strength will be perfected in your weakness. And before you know it, you become so strong and you, you wonder where that strength came from. There was a certain day I was to, I was to minister in the online church, you know. And I had preached in the church in Cyprus and I'd done so many things and I was very tired I was very tired like I was tired 
I felt like going to sleep. I was tired. I was feeling very weak. And as the time was approaching, I was like, Lord, how am I going to survive this? How am I going to survive this? And just before I would start the video, I just began to pray. I said, Holy Spirit, your word says that your strength is made perfect in weakness. Lord, I yield myself to you. I receive strength in the name of Jesus. By the time I said it three times, by the time I said I receive strength in the name of Jesus, I could feel a surge of electric current going through my body. I could feel it. Oh, hallelujah. And in no time, I started ministering. I was on the, the video started and it was amazing what happened. I personally, I was amazed at where the strength came from because I was tired. I was sleepy. How I managed to do the four hours, it was purely the Holy Spirit. Because while I was praying, I said, Lord, my body is your vessel. Use me for your glory. And I said that. And before you know it, it just began to happen. And I was amazed. When I was done, that's when I was like, I was shocked. Where did that strength come from? He said, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Hallelujah. So I will glow when, when I'm weak. Ah. And I noticed... Um, in 2017, the whole of 2018 and 2019, you know, I we're traveling or traveling to different cities around the United States and different countries and doing programs. And I noticed one thing during those programs. Every time I felt least prepared, the times when I felt like, oh, maybe I should have even fasted more. Maybe I should have even done something more. When I felt that way, that's when I had the greatest meetings. That's when I saw the greatest miracles. When I felt like I was weak. Because you know, there are sometimes we could do certain things. There's a way you pray and pray and pray. And then when you're done, you're like, yeah, I prayed. You know, you feel like, yeah, I can move mountains because you have prayed. It's not about you praying. Hallelujah. I had a man of God say something. Hallelujah. Said. What you need is not a powerful prayer. What you need is a prayer to a powerful God. Hallelujah. That's a difference. Because some people think that is how they pray. So they, 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 they don't know how to arrange the prayer. And by the time they cook the thing and use the big, big grammar, big, big words like that and quote all the scriptures in the Bible, they're like, yeah, something must happen because I've prayed a powerful prayer. And he said, you don't need a powerful prayer per se. What you need is a prayer to a powerful God. Hallelujah. So it's not about how you prayed, how you were able to summon yourself to pray and all that stuff. It's who you are talking to when you pray. Are you talking to God? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Are you talking to God? That's the thing. So I noticed that when I find myself, I remember a program in New York 2017 was my first program in New York and you know I got there that was my okay I went for that program and you know just as I was about to minister it just dawned on me see guy <laughs> do you know where you are do you know where you are and you have announced to these people it's time for your miracle so these people are coming they're not coming to hear you preach they're coming to see miracle. And who can actually promise you a miracle except God? So how are you sure that anything is going to happen? These people haven't come for nothing. They came to see miracles. Immediately, I, I, that thought came to my mind. I just felt my bladder full. I felt like using the bathroom. I ran to the bathroom the first time. This is before the meeting. And then the thought came again to my mind. Guess what? I went to the bathroom again. This is in a space of 30 minutes. How do you go to the bathroom two times in 30 minutes? It wasn't over. A third time. <laughs> in less than one hour, I went to the bathroom three times. My whole body was shivering, shaking. Hallelujah. I'll never forget this in my life. And then I prayed a prayer. I said, Holy Spirit, you are the one that sent me to do what I'm doing. I didn't come to do this. On my own accord, you asked me to come. 
to do this. So Lord, I yield myself to you. Use me for your glory. Let my hand be your hand. Let my eyes be your eyes. Let my mouth be your mouth. Let my legs be your legs. Use me for your glory. Hallelujah. After I just prayed that prayer, and then there was this keyboardist we had hired because I went to that program with my cousin. And you know, the keyboardist, I don't know, it was an, an older man. I don't know where they brought that guy from. He was fiddling with the keyboard. He couldn't even play the keyboard. He was fiddling with it. And I said, Lord God, I'm in trouble today. And somehow, I just, I got an inspiration and I got a song on Facebook. I think it was, we bow down and worship Yahweh. Or something like that. I think it was that song or something like that. And I got the song from YouTube and I played it for him. And he listened to the song and began to play along. While he was playing, boom, the anointing just came on me. And that was it. I began to speak in tongues. And that's how the whole thing started. And that day, even me, I was surprised. It was miracle after miracle after miracle. It was just amazing what God did that. Hallelujah. The Bible says not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves. Our sufficiency is of God. Our sufficiency is of God. So it's not that we are anything in ourselves. Our sufficiency is of God. So we, we can't really boast about anything. You can't boast and say, ah, I went to such and such place, I healed 5,000 people. Like, are you serious? Yes, I know he gave us the power, but we must be quick to give him the glory and not try to claim anything of ourselves. Because, okay, you stretch your hands and you say, in the name of Jesus, I command such and so thing to go. But after you have prayed that prayer, are you still the one that will go inside a person's body and command that pain out? No. After you pray, the next is the Holy Spirit. And he only goes because he wants to go. It's not like he's our servant. He actually is the boss. He can decide not to move and nothing will happen. Hallelujah. And that's what has happened for many people. There are many people who say, I command you to be healed in the name of Jesus and nothing happens because the Holy Spirit is not in support. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And this is something I've come to discover. Praise God. So without the Holy Spirit, we cannot do anything. So the earlier we realize it, the better for us. So we'll learn how to partner with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So we can get results. We'll learn how to partner with the Holy Spirit. How do we do that? Acknowledging Him. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and verse 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall. I think I should read the scripture now. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he he shall direct thy path. Now, when he says trust in the Lord, who is the Lord he's talking about? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. Many people in this life, they they are leaning on their, this is how I understand things. There was a guy years ago this was 1999. I think it was 1999, yeah. You know, this guy had just given his heart to Christ and he was known around the neighborhood as one very stubborn guy. So the fact that this guy had given his life to Christ, the news went around. Everybody was like excited. This guy was born again. Finally, you. Everybody was excited. And so my friends and I, I remember telling him, I said, you need to receive the Holy Spirit because... Without the Holy Spirit, you won't be able to live the Christian life. You really do need to live or receive the Holy Spirit. And you know, because you have to receive the gift of tongues, you have to pray in the Spirit. Well, he was always saying, I, he was saying, um, the way I understand it, you don't need to do it. Like the way you understand it, the moment he started talking like that, I knew he won't last. I knew, I knew. And guess what? It wasn't long he went back into the world went far back into the world, back into the world, became one. uh, In fact, you know what the Bible says? When the demon is gone, 
If you come back, you come back seven times worse. Usually when people come to the faith like that, if they backslide, they become worse than the way they used to be before. That's exactly what this guy, what happened to that guy. Why? Because he was leaning on his own understanding. When you come to Christ, you must come as someone that is ignorant. Even though you think you know certain things, keep your knowledge aside. That's why Jesus said, if you're coming to the Lord, come like one of these children. You must come with the heart of a child. A child believes everything he is told. He doesn't argue. Anything he is told, he believes it. Even though it doesn't seem to make sense. That's why Jesus said, when you come, you come as one of these children. If you must make it into the kingdom. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Acknowledge that that's so important. Acknowledging the Holy Spirit. Acknowledging him. Hallelujah. Many times after I minister in a program, miracles happen, this happen. When I'm done, you know, on my own with the Lord, I say, thank you, Lord. Lord, you know without you, this couldn't have happened. It was you all the way. It was you all the way. And many times these things happen at the times when I feel weakest. There are some times, you know, years ago, I'm not saying everybody should do it like me. Everybody shouldn't do it like me because we have to understand our work with God, our individual work with God. You know, from 2014, the Holy Spirit told me specifically, he said, when you're studying your Bible, read your Bible to know me. But when you have to minister, I will give you words to speak. When you have to minister, I'll give you words to speak. I don't want you preparing anything. That's what he told me personally. And now that's difficult. Because me, before then, I would, every Saturday night, I would take time studying my Bible. And then I'll write out the sermon I want to preach. I'll write out everything. And I followed it like that. And I did that for years. Hallelujah, that's what I did. So I'd always carry my notebook with me when I'm going to minister. So I have my point that I've written down and I'll teach from that. But God said from now, I don't want you taking any notebook. And that in itself is faith. Oh, it's faith. <laughs> you just go up there like that. And then there are a thousand people looking at, I remember the program we had in New York, 2018, March 10th. I stepped on that stage on the pulpit, in front of the pulpit, and a thousand, okay, two thousand eyes now, right? Because one, everybody has a set of eyes, so two. So all those eyes were looking at me, and I didn't prepare nothing. What am I going to say to these people? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So it's, it's dangerous. If, if the Lord is not with you, better pre- if God doesn't tell you to do that, better prepare and prepare very well. Hallelujah. But God told me, he said, I don't want to prepare anything. When you go up there, I'll give you what to say. Hallelujah. And I believed him and I started doing that. And for six years now, that's how it has been. I don't do any preparation. I don't write out any scripture. Not because I don't. Sometimes I'll write the thing out. There was one particular day. I was like, Lord, no, no, no. I have to get something today. And I was stretching out my hand to pick my notes. God said, no, leave it. Leave it. And I obeyed and I left it. And he has never failed. There's never been a time like I just went flat and I didn't know what to say. There's never been a time because he always gives me what to say. He always tells me what to say. Like always. Hallelujah. Now this is very very important that I say this. Everybody doesn't have to do like this. Praise the Lord. Everybody doesn't have to do like this. This is a personal instruction from me, from God to me. It's very important. And one day I was listening to a message from Kenneth E. Hagin and he explained something. That's what made me understand what God was doing with me because I didn't understand it. Hallelujah. Because my upbringing, they always, you know, you'd always have what you, 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 you preach. You have your sermon. You have everything written down, the points and everything. You have everything written, the scriptures you're going to use that day. You have everything written out. That's how I was raised. So I didn't understand what is God doing? Why is he telling me not to do this? And then one day, Kenneth Hagin was explaining how that God told him that he had called him into a prophetic office. Hallelujah. So even though he was teaching, he was using the prophetic anointing to teach. Oh, that's when he clicked. That's when I got it. The prophetic anointing. So while I'm teaching, like words, 
I will literally be hearing what to say. I'll hear the next, but while I'm speaking, I'll hear the next point, next thing to say. Even the scriptures, everything. Sometimes the scriptures that will come are scriptures I've not read in a while. And so so I don't even know where they are. Of course, I know the area and the scriptures or something like that. I quickly have to look it up because I've not read it for some time, but everything comes right. There has never been a time that he failed because I've learned to trust him. Hallelujah. I've learned to trust him. There are many people, look, if you take their sermon notes from them, you've killed them. If you snatch the person while he's going up the pulpit, you snatch his sermon notes, he's, he's finished. Hallelujah. There are people like that. But I've, oh, I've learned to depend on the Holy Spirit and he has never failed. Now again, there are some people, the Holy Spirit can give you the word before you go up. He will give you the message. You write everything down. You write the scriptures down. If you read in the book of Revelation, John was instructed to write down what he was hearing. You know, so he, he was told to write down. So that's why I say you have to know how the Holy Spirit works with you. Praise the Lord. And these you can only know by that personal relationship with him. And the key is in that word. He says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Learn to, like what um, Daisy Osborne, she said, practice the presence. Learn to talk to the Holy Spirit. That's what it means to acknowledge him. Learn to talk to him. Even when you are having difficulties, when you are having challenges, when you are having weakness, learn to talk to him. One major problem that people have, like the spirit of lust, that's a very strong spirit. Once it comes on a person, it's a very strong spirit. It happens to people. Holy Spirit. Tell him, say, Holy Spirit, this is it. Be sincere. Say, this is what's going on. Help me out of this. This is what's going on. Help me. And once you bring that thing to him, you're presenting your weakness to him. He will exchange your weakness with his strength and you'll be able to survive it. Hallelujah. He'll take you out of it. It's just the way, without him, we cannot do anything. Hallelujah. So we have to learn how to take advantage of the presence of the Holy Spirit with us. Hallelujah. We have to take advantage of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Like on a daily basis, take advantage of the Holy Spirit. No, recently the Lord, I started telling um, our people, I said, listen, always acknowledge it. The Bible says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Jesus lives in me is something that you need to proclaim again and again and again. Say it again and again. But in actual sense, if you look at it, is it really Jesus, the Son of God that is living in you? No, it's not. It's the Holy Spirit. But you see, the Bible says there is only one name given under the heavens by which men must be saved. And what is that name? The name of Jesus. So guess what? The Holy Spirit also answers to the name of Jesus. So when we say in the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit goes into action. Because remember the Bible says that Jesus Christ is a child of the Holy Spirit. If you read from Matthew chapter 1 verse 19, the Bible calls him a child of the Holy Spirit. And then if you read it in the book of Philippians chapter 2, if you read from verse 5 down, the Bible talked about how Jesus Christ, though he was God, yet taught not robbery to be equal with God, yet made himself of no repute but took the form of man and decided to die. Not even just ordinary death, but a shameful death. Therefore, God highly exalted him and gave him a name which is above every name. No exceptions. He said the name is above every name. So if God gave Jesus a name that is above every name, it has to be his name that he gave to Jesus. Hallelujah. So guess what? That name, when we say Jesus lives in me, is the name of the Father, is the name of the Son, is the name of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And I want to shock you here. You know, as human beings, when we talk about a name, hallelujah, when we talk about a name, for example, John, if somebody is called John, that is the name of John. That's his name. Hallelujah. Now the name, that every time John is mentioned, this, that particular person you know by that name comes to your mind. Hallelujah. But guess what? As the world is expanding, 
people began to have names in different languages. For example, John in Greek is called Ioannu. The same name, but different form. Hallelujah. So the name of Jesus, for example, in Greek is called Jesus. In some languages called Jesus. And you know, different names and all that. The name is not the sound that really matters. It's the one you are referring to when you make that sound. Hallelujah. It's the one you are referring to. For example, in Mexico, there are people who go by the name Jesus. But if you are referring to Mexican Jesus, when you are praying for that blind eye, the eye is not going to open even though you are making that sound. So God has given Jesus the name that is above all names. It's not just about the sound, but it is the personality that the name represents. Hallelujah. So he says, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. So once the name of Jesus is mentioned, the Holy Ghost moves into action to make sure every knee bows. Hallelujah. So even when we declare and we say, Jesus lives in me, who is that Jesus we are referring to? Actually, it's the Holy Spirit. He's the one that has the capacity to dwell in us. The Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I will pray the Father and he will send you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Hallelujah. I'm going to end with this scripture in the book of John chapter 14, verse 16. He says, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you not for one day or two days, forever. He may abide with you forever. He is the only one that has the capacity to abide with you forever. Even Jesus, when he was on earth, he didn't have that capacity. He could only be in one place at one time. Hallelujah. Jesus, the living word, but the Holy Spirit said he will abide with you forever. Then verse 17, he goes on to say, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. The world doesn't have the ability, the capacity to receive him. Why? Because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. The world does not see the Holy Spirit. The world does not know the Holy Spirit. He said, but you know him, referring to us, his children. He said, we know him, for he dwells with us us he said with you and shall be in you do you see that he will be in you so when we say jesus lives in me he's the holy spirit this is the one hallelujah he shall be in you and he gives you the advantage glory to god the holy spirit in you gives you the advantage he makes you a success he makes you a victor hallelujah when he talks about, I've told you the seven synonyms of the word uh, paraclete. Hallelujah. He comes to fulfill all these things. So he makes you successful in life. He makes you victorious, the Holy Spirit. And this is why we as believers must learn to depend on the Holy Spirit for us to have maximum results. And I said, how do you depend on the Holy Spirit? Through acknowledging him he said in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path in all your ways hallelujah glory to god allow him to be the driver of the car of your life hallelujah give him the free hand say lord take over you know that song that says jesus take the wheels give him the free hand let him be in charge there are sometimes you want to go in this direction Everything in you says, go this direction. But the Holy Spirit says, no, that's not the way you should go. The Bible says that ear shall hear a voice from behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. So what are you supposed to do? Even though you don't feel like it sometimes, you do it. Hallelujah. You do it. And if you study through the scriptures, everyone that yielded themselves to the Holy Spirit, everyone that depended on the Holy Spirit, they all had successful and victorious lives. But those who went their own way, it always ended in disaster. Hallelujah. So you need to depend 
on the Holy Spirit. If you're going to make results, have results in this world today, if you're going to win, you have to depend on the Holy Spirit. And I told you before, the Bible says that the end will not come except their first is a falling away of many. Many will fall away from the faith. And if you will be among the few that will remain standing, you must learn now to depend on the Holy Spirit. Learn to depend on Him in everything. Depend on Him and He won't fail you. He will help you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I know that you've learned one or two things. Basically, of course, the message is depending on the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And how? By acknowledging Him. Give Him the free hand. Whatever you want to go into, seek His counsel. Hallelujah. Seek His counsel. Seek His opinion. Give Him the free will. And as you do that, you will be amazed at what will happen in your life. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word that has come to us. Thank you for reminding us of the importance of depending on the Holy Spirit. Lord God, from today, we will depend on the Holy Spirit. In all our ways, we will acknowledge him and he will direct our path in accordance with his word. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm sure you've been blessed by that word. And I'm sure that you are not going to be just a hearer of the word, but you're going to be a doer of the work. Hallelujah. So I'd encourage you from today, begin to practice acknowledging the Holy Spirit. And as you do, you will surely get results. Hallelujah. God bless you. And I will come to you again with another podcast, another word that will bless your life. Until I come to you again, keep living in the atmosphere of God's word, God's worship, and God's miracles. God bless you. Bye-bye. Join the man of God, Pastor Isaac Samuel II, for further deeper analysis of the Word of God and mind-blowing miracles during the Check It Church weekly services. On Sunday, we've got the Super Sunday service starting at 10 a.m. CST. Wednesday is a midweek Bible study at 6 p.m. CST. Then Friday is a prayer meeting also starting at 6 p.m. CST. We hope to see you there.